Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm Anna Horford, and you're listening to the Celtics Life Podcast. Welcome, everybody, inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man, Justin Quinn. We got some interesting news this week. Our man, Gordon Hayward, out of his walking boot, looking good so far. Justin, we got Gordon Hayward walking on two feet. What's going on? I am really, really, really trying to temper my expectations, but given the last you know, half a dozen games or so, it's really hard not to think about this. Yeah, I mean, and look, I I said this, me and Topher talked about this quite a bit last week on the podcast. As Justin knows, and a lot of listeners do because I've talked about it before, I broke my ankle the same bone last year. Obviously, not as gruesome looking as uh, Gordon's because my foot didn't uh, come out like sideways all like uh, because it got dislocated there. But uh, but in, in all honesty, I did that at the beginning of February, and I was playing basketball in June. Right. So count those months. What's that? February, March, April, May, June. Now, granted, I don't, you know, jump and dunk and shit. But at the same time, uh, I was actually running up and down playing basketball. So I said from the beginning, I didn't think they could rule him out for the year. I thought that was just to uh, him saying, you know, the, the, the agent coming out and saying he wasn't going to play and whatever comments they made at the beginning. I really think that was just more or less like just to take the pressure off him. Absolutely. Expectation management and it puts them into position to use the DPE, the designated player exception, which if you aren't familiar with that, um, basically it's just like a trade exception, except for you can only use it for $8.4 million only on one player and only if they have no remaining years on their contract. Now they only get the DPE. Like if they get the DPE and use it, then Gordon can't come back. Nope. They can actually use it and he can come back. Because it's only granted on the presumption that the player will not be coming back this year. It has nothing to do with whether they actually come back this year. And they also have, I think, till either the 13th or the 14th of March to use it. Okay. So, and he's not, even if he does come back, it wouldn't be before then. I mean, it's unlikely. It wouldn't be before that anyway. So Almost certainly not. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd be looking at probably a late March, early Feb, early April um, to... Uh, for him to come back anyways. But, I mean, you know, and here's the thing, too. A lot of people I hear, a lot of people say, just, I don't, I don't want to talk about the Hayward injury the whole time, but mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about um, coming back from the injury and just, just wait till next year. You know, they're playing well. Next year's the year we're going to go for it and whatnot. And uh, here's the thing. Like, if, if his bone, if his, if his ankle is healed and they say it's 100%, it, it's like they're not going to, he's not going out there and there's not going to be a chance of him re-injuring that. Yeah, I mean, you know not, what I mean? Not, not from yeah. the injury, just from chance. That's the only. I mean, that would be the most freakish of freaking injuries. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, but so if his bone is healed, and you know, it's at, at that point, it's all working out the muscles and getting it back to using it at you know the way that you used to. So obviously, you want to make sure you're you know doing that at the um, you know under precaution. But at the same time, if he's cleared from the doctors, like like when I hurt myself, the the doctor told me 
you're, you're, you're fine. You can do whatever you want now, you know? And okay, then that's it. Boom. I didn't go see the, uh, you know, I didn't go see the physical therapist again after that. So it, it's once they get you to that level with a hundred percent and I, and he's obviously doing much more, uh, extensive, uh, training and stuff. So, I mean, they're not going to put him in a situation where it's possible to re-injure that or cause damage because of that injury. So that people can, you know, put that aside. If, if he comes back to play, he's ready to go. They're not going to mess around with that. Who do you think, given how well the Celtics roster has played without him? You know, we, we, it's pretty obvious that Kyrie Irving and Al Horford are the two clear leaders for the two best players on the team. And, you know, you can interpret that in a, a variety of different ways of what that actually means. But who's the third best player who's actually healthy? So that not, I'm not talking about Gordon Hayward. He would obviously be, you know, at the top of that list also. And Marcus Morris could also be, a, you know, potentially a candidate, but he, I think he's been missing so much time and he's currently missing time. So Right. He, he hasn't really played enough to, yeah. So who would you say would be some reasonable candidates for the third best player on the Celtics right now? I mean, crazy as it sounds, right? The, the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, right? The rookie, the sophomore, probably two of the most consistent guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all know Marcus Smart and his intangibles. Uh, obviously, the shooting's a suspect still, but it, it's got to be one of those three guys, right? I really couldn't add anybody else on there. I mean, really, really recently, Aaron Baines has been looking really good also, and Shane Larkin also. We can talk about that a little bit more mm-hmm. if you want to, but I don't quite think that they have risen to the, the level of play of those two guys you just mentioned. No, and, and I'd say, I mean, those guys ha- have been the most consistent. I mean, as, as and smart Mr. Intangibles, he's pretty hard to replace, right, because a lot of the things that he does, there's not a lot of guys that can do all those things, especially at his size. But um, I, I would say the third best player is probably either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and that's crazy. I mean, I thought Jalen Brown was going to have a huge year this year just just based on – you know, whatever, watching stupid off-season videos and, and thinking, like, he looked like he was ready to go. And seriously, though, I mean, I thought he was going to have a huge, you know, year. But, you, you know, you kind of thought he was going to be a glorified role player because Hayward was going to be taking the minutes that he's getting now. Absolutely. And, I mean, him and Tatum both, it's crazy. For me, I think smart shooting takes him out. Like, I don't put the same level as a lot of our fans do on his shooting as long as he stays above 30% overall. Mm-hmm. And the, I have a reason for that. You know, 30%, you know, from two point, never mind three point, is horrible, absolutely horrible. And <laughs> he's, he's shot worse than that in a couple of games recently, which we can also talk about. But as long as he stays above 30% or so, I feel that his, you know, I haven't sat down. Someone should really, you know, try to dive into some of the deflections and other, other not commonly used statistics to try to see how many of those those bricks that he puts up end up either going right back to a Celtic or are deflected away? Like how like if you if you put the numbers of deflections, mm-hmm. you know, hustle plays, all that sort of thing, I kind of feel like roughly a third of them are reclaimed by him. So it's almost like canceling out those bad possessions. It's just when he gets to the really, really bad shooting nights that he had up until very recently that I think that he's actually really, he would probably take, if he could shoot like 40, 40% from the field consistently, he would probably be the third best player on this team. For me, it's Jalen Brown. 
just because he has been the most consistent as a two-way player. If Jason Tatum shot more, mm-hmm. I think I would give it to Jason Tatum. I may end up flipping. It's kind of hard to argue against the statistically significant leader of three-point shooting in the NBA as the best player or sec- third best player on this team. But no, I, I I agree, and with the fact that Jason has been. Um pretty clutch down the stretch too and i don't know what the numbers are but you just notice like even if he's having a bad shooting night he's you know fourth quarter rolls around final few minutes and and he's like driving to the hoop layup you know hitting big shots he hit that huge iso shot the other day you know so the, that's huge but at the same time i think that jalen brown's defense also puts him ahead of tatum you know tatum's been a solid defender but jalen brown's on ball defense has been pretty spectacular for a guy in his second year There's been some rumbles around the league. Most of, okay, so we are recording this on Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. and Woj just put out a article linking Anthony Davis with a team that might surprise you. Yeah, Boston so Celtics, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you startled me for a second there, <laughs> but it was it was kind of a weird read. I mean, it was like uh, you know Davis was talking about his time there, um, how winning is important to him, and um, you know it kind of shifted gears all over the place. But and he was talking about how he wants to stay in New Orleans and wants to win in New Orleans. Um, he's happy with the guys they've added. He likes DeMarcus Cousins. He likes playing against them, even though they had a rough start. It was a little weird with the two big guys calling for the ball on the po- on the block. Um, he, he likes Rondo, uh, likes Drew Holiday. So he likes the guys he's playing with, wants to win. But at the same time, he was talking about how he doesn't think a team with you, – you need three or four stars to compete. Yep. And no offense, Rondo. Yeah, and and, and well, kind of a naga Drew Holiday too, because what he did say you need at least three stars. <laughs> so yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you know, a, a subtle dig there from a guy that's getting paid twenty five million dollars a year now. But the, the Celtics came up, and they he talked about how he's heard he knows that the Celtics have been kicking the tires on him for a long time, and. uh you know, he was just talking about what a great organization and blah, 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 stuff like that. But just, you know, it, it was just a weird a weird vibe where he's talking about how he wants to stay there and yet, you know, just talking about another team like that. I definitely thought that that article was a little bit stilted in its construction and that we didn't really have any indication that what was being spoken about was any different than maybe three or four months ago. Like right Mm -hmm. about the beginning of the season, it came out that Anthony Davis was connected again with Boston and more or less what was in this article regarding Boston sounded kind of just like a rehash of that. So it didn't really sound like anything new. Had happened, so there might not even be, in my opinion, any actual interest, like active interest in trading for him. So, I'm I'm kind of you know a little cool on this. And one thing that really stuck out in my mind was he mentioned the Isaiah Thomas trade as an example of how things can just you know it's it's a business and, and things can move along really really quickly in ways that you won't even expect. So, if he's mentioning that, it doesn't exactly sound like Boston would be at the top of his list of places to go either. Right kind of had a negative a little a little negative connotation there yeah diplomatic negative but negative it wasn't it wasn't presented positively understandably besides him though there's some other guys that i've been hearing about mark gasol 
for example, with the Memphis Grizzlies, reportedly accept a trade, though he isn't requesting. And he's a guy who's been connected to Boston in the past. What do you think about that? Well, I I think um, it's in Memphis's best interests to get rid of him as soon as possible, right? They're the third bottom team right now. What their pick that we're supposed to get is what top eight protected. Yep. So you want to make sure that that's within the top eight. Um, you know, there's a few other bum teams down there that are just ahead of them by a game, half a game. So uh, it wouldn't take much for them to slip out of the top eight. If I'm the Grizzlies, they're going nowhere. I think they're, um, what are they? Third, nine and 21, third worst record in the league. Um, I, I think you got to jettison Gasol as quickly as you can. I don't know that the Celtics are a great fit because any deal that we're sending for Gasol, uh, we're going to give it Al Horford, right? Almost certainly. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the salary match, I mean, what else are we going to trade? So um, I don't necessarily understand how big of an upgrade that is. I mean, even if you like Gasol more, we're lose, it, you know, I just don't see the, the, uh, the huge benefit there. He's also the wrong age, you know. He don't need, He's got. He's got years left on that contract, and there's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. Even though he reinvented himself with his with his outside shot, you know, big guys over the age of thirty, it's always risky. And he, he's got a history of, of foot and back injuries too. So, I'm personally very good on trading for Gasol, you know, now or ever really at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and he just doesn't really fit the roster in any way, you know, not, not through anything other than we need shooting and scoring as, as a second option. Just, you know, maybe not from a guy who's going to possibly be as good or worse than Dirk this year. Right. And, and I don't know how many years a Gasol has left on his deal, but I know Three. that Al Horford's okay. So Horford's up next year, which lines up with Jalen Brown being a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So you're going to need some money to sign him. Maybe you can get Horford back at a senior discount at that point. I mean, he'll be, what, 34? You know, I mean, but there's a reasonable, you, you know, you, you have more options when it comes to that. And I don't think you want all that money clogged up with uh, Marc Gasol, uh, even if you thought he was better. I don't know how much better. I don't think he's much better than Al Horford. But, oh, he's definitely and, not. Definitely. Right. And we've seen what Al Horford, how he fits with this team. He plays great with Kyrie Irving. I don't know why you would mess with that when your team's in first place. So I'm out on Gasol. They do have another player that I would really, really like to see Boston kick the tires on should they decide to even just do a partial rebuild. And that would be Tyreek Evans, who's having a career Mm -hmm. year. He's only making $3.2 million. Yep. Which would fit very nicely into the designated, excuse me, designated disabled player exception. So Mm-hmm. Something to keep an eye on. I also have been hearing that Paul George is now officially, they, they're saying he's not being considered for a trade, but there were some rumors circulating through the NBA media here a couple of days ago to that effect. Any interest mm-hmm. Any interest on your end? In, um, Paul George? Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how that deal would work. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Same. So, I mean, it would be, you know, I, I, any, and at that point, too, we're talking about a guy that's coming off the books at the end of the year with all the L.A. stuff. I was in to take a shot at George last year when he had a year left because, like, like you see, guys come here and they like it here and, you know, they're, you know, primed to stay, I, I would think, more often than not. So, um, I was willing to roll the dice on that and give up more than a lot of people wanted to last year, but not with uh, just a couple months left before his contract's up. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it makes. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. 
as talented as he is. I mean, uh, and I would think, um, you know, you got to figure OKC figures there. You know, they're 15 and 15, I think, right now, right? 500. They're the eighth seed out west. They're going to be a tougher team in the playoffs because they have these guys. Um, and you figure they got a little more time to play with each other. And and it's not like they can't make additions at the deadline, too. So if I'm them, I'm rolling the dice and, and, and keeping him. I mean, I don't know what they would get for him for a, a few-month rental anyways. It's really hard to say at this point. The Clippers and Charlotte are also doing horrible, you know, speaking of very injured teams. Anyone on either of those teams you might be interested in? So that Lou Williams, another – I mean, I put him right up there with Tyreek, both of these guys. I was – talking in the comments with somebody the other day about I suggested Tyreek someone suggested Lou Williams I said I tend to agree I would take Lou Williams over Tyreek but I don't know if I would Tyreek's got a couple years under him yeah so Lou's expiring seven uh he's got a seven million dollar deal expiring this year so I mean fits in the DPE um you know personally I don't care what Wick has to play in tax or whatever they still have to pay tax on that right Yep. So, <laughs> whatever. But it's his money. We'll spend it. Right. They're they're very similar though. Um, Tyreek's a little bigger, uh, and he's got he's a better rebounder. I think he does other things better too, as well as just score. And he's shooting better this year too, forty two percent from the outside. Uh, and Lou's shooting like thirty eight or thirty nine, which is you know still great. Um, you got to figure those are they, they want guys that can hit that outside shot, obviously. Another guy I would keep an eye on should Charlotte decide to blow it up is Jeremy Lamb. He is a long wing who can score. He, he's, he's a guy, he wouldn't be eligible for the DPE because he has another year, but he might be a good swap for Marcus Morris if, if it looks like Marcus Morris is going to be continually like rehabbing that knee or needing surgery or something like that. Might be, mm-hmm. might be a good way to give them another year of value but by what he has on his contract while also giving us something this year that can actually play. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And his contract expires next year too. So um, he's 25 years old. So there's still some room to grow there. It'd be, it'd be cool to see what Brad Stevens gets out of him. Yeah. I, 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 another good addition. So about that significant time that Morris may be missing, you know, we don't know what it is. We know it's a knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard any information based on what the actual problem itself is? Because basically everything that I've heard about it has been very nebulous. Yeah, I was going to say, they've been really vague about it. Um, I mean, obviously the C's are playing well, although if had we lost that game last night, we would have lost three of our last five. So um, maybe they're not playing quite that well. Um, but they're, they're, they're probably playing their worst basketball of the season, honestly. But they're still... Holding, they still got, what, two games over Cleveland right now. So, I mean, obviously you don't want to rush him back. You'd rather him rest and come back, even if it's in January, February, whatever. Um, I don't think it's going to be that amount, but I honestly, like you said, I, I don't really know. On that same tip, Al Horford has has had some schedule rest. The I think it was a Chicago game. Uh, he mm-hmm. ended up playing, and then they had him play – they had him sit the next game against – Oh, I mean, he was playing with a, with a, with a, I think he's like smashed his shin or his patella or something like that, like knocked knees or something like that. But who did he play the next game? Denver. He played Denver the next game. Mm-hmm. People were really freaking out that, that it was a bad idea. And in retrospect now, it kind of seems like it might be a good idea. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I, I, the thing is, uh, the schedule rest, I, it's interesting because I know, don't we have a really like wide open schedule in uh, January, g- given that we have the uh, the travel game, the uh, the England game? 
Yep. That is exactly what it's for. We have the busiest mm-hmm. December schedule, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And for a guy like, you know, Al has no injury history that is particularly worrisome for a big guy. But he is getting older, and he is clearly one of the most, if not the most important part of what makes this team work right, right now. So I am perfect. Like at the, at the moment, I, I was questioning the timing of it because I didn't know that it had been scheduled a considerable amount of time earlier. But after reading a little bit more about it and learning a little bit more about it, I definitely think it was actually the right move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm. If, if, if that's what they think that it, they need to keep him fresh, I'm, I'm good with it. You know, that's fine by me. So that that 500 record, should we be worried about that? Um, I mean, well, so what are we looking at here? We had a, we had a uh, missed. Um, Kyrie missed the game against Chicago, right? Yeah. Was that the first game of this stretch or the second one? Uh, it was. I think it was the first. Okay. Yeah. So. Obviously, and just like you said, this team missing Al Horford would be a different team altogether. So, um, and we saw right what it looked like without Kyrie Irving. Uh, they were pretty lost on offense. Kyrie is not only the guy that sets guys up, but he's also the guy that scores. I mean, so yeah. They, and when they needed buckets, you know, there's no. It, it, it was uh, it, to to watch them struggle that much against a team like Chicago. Um, not exactly uh, a team setting the world on fire and. They were, I mean, that was pretty tough to watch. They lost by almost 20, right? Was it 108-83, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Oh, my God. There were a lot of injuries going. I mean, we, I, I mentioned the right. the, the uh, knee-to-knee contact that, that you know had people worried about. Al, mm-hmm. you know, Kyrie, we all know, was in his mask. He's out of it now. Jalen Brown got poked in the eye and was trying, you know, glasses. All those goggles. <laughs> um, I mean, they, were, they looked very stylish. They did. They did. Horace Grant would be very excited about those. Yeah, particularly if he was playing the Celtics. Right. He was not shooting very well with those things. He he changed the contacts, as some of you know, and he, he his shot came right back, so it was definitely vision-related. But then poor Tice got bashed in the face this week, too, and he's, he's in a mask now. They didn't even know he was going to make the trip yeah. on the road. He's a little scarier in that mask than Kyrie was. Maybe it's just because of his size, but he looks pretty uh, intimidating. Oh, he's, he's a very intense fellow, so <laughs> I, I think that might also have something to do with it. So did you see the... Uh, the new jerseys that got leaked in NBA 2K. Ah, I, 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 I don't know why they have to go back to the gray all the time. I don't like it. But at the same time, I did I did think it was cool, that little parquet um, pattern design. Yeah, I wish they would have just done that with, like, a white jersey, though, no? Ooh, that's uh, just a good maybe idea. Move the colors around and then have the, the parquet, like, faded in the back. I think that would have looked sick. And it would have looked a little more traditional with the white, right? Uh-huh. But I don't know. The gray jerseys, I, I – it just reminded me of those gross sleeved ones they had, and those are the worst. I, I don't like it. Yeah, and it feels like every team, every team goes with gray as like the alternate color too. I don't know. It's definitely the hot new thing. University of Connecticut men's basketball team has has gray alternates, and I hate them. I really dislike them. Yeah, I guess if you're the Celtics, though, really, what other color? You know, green and white, and you don't really have another color. I love the black jerseys. Um, but besides that, what else are you going to do besides gray? It has to be like a neutral color like that, right? Let's get into the game since we've been talking about them so much. Well, that Chicago mess was the first game last week. I hope. Uh, 
108-85. I was close. I said 83. Um, so that was the game that Kyrie missed. Nobody, nobody scored 20 points. We had a bunch of guys get into double digits, um, but no, nobody really took over. Nobody could yeah. shoot. Every, I mean, got, it was so bad. Yeah, we got we got <laughs> the the one two punch of, of Miritich and uh, Portis. Portis. Uh, uh, who, who, who predicted? Uh, okay, so I picked up I picked up Marodic, Nico Marodic in in my fantasy league, and I I have to say that as as much as it really sucked watching him destroy the Celtics in this game. I don't know what's go- like getting punched in the face was like the best thing that's ever happened to this guy. And Hey, and how about the play of my man, Chris Dunn, PC alum. Uh, he's, he's been, he's, he's looked like night and day since last year. Right. Since this and game, basically, he, basically this was when he started getting really good. I know. And it's, it, he's this past week plus he's been off the, off the, you know, looks, looks like a first, you know, top five pick. Um, everybody was killing them for that trade last year, but it, I mean, if they picked up two potential franchise players in Dunn and Marketing, I think they did just all right. You know, they did pretty damn good. So if we have the Splash Brothers and we have the Stash Brothers, do we say that that Nico and Portis are the Bash Brothers? I, I like it. I like it. I think that's great. I do. How are they getting along now? Is there anything written about that? Yeah, I'm sure there has are, been. Are, I remember that it wasn't going to be a good no, makeup, were, but apparently they've made up, huh? Yep. Actually, I mean, I haven't heard anything from Morotic, but um, Morotic, Morotic. I, I, I'm just going to say Morotic because it rhymes with erotic and it's haha. Um, yeah. He has not said anything, but Bobby Portis was on record as saying that they have made up and it's in the past and they're just trying to win games, which mm-hmm. you know, that's exactly what I would expect him to say. I'm really curious to hear. <laughs> <laughs> what, that, what happened to the, what, what was the guy that actually got punched in the mouth? Exactly. I mean, he didn't just get punched, man. He got a fractured jaw. I mean, he got rocked. I know. Evidently with one punch, oh, too, man. man. I, I'm not, yeah. Well, Bobby Portis is a big boy, so um, even you know that's that that's going to do some damage. Do you know about his deal about how he gets himself psyched to play? No, he uses method acting. He visualizes people beating up his mother. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of dark. It's very dark, but <laughs> it seems to work. Well, he, th- he clearly he thought Nico beat up his mom when he yeah. <laughs> laid him out there. I think he should keep that for the opponents. Jeez. So, anything else we want to touch on for the Chicago game before we move on? No, that was a mess, and I want to talk about it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Denver, the offense, we got back on track. Kyrie came back, right? Thirty-three and seven. Uh, Jalen dropped 20, 26. Big swinging Baines came back with uh, seventeen points in that one. Um, the offense was rolling. I mean, it was 124, 118. Obviously, you'd you'd prefer that they played a little better defense. Uh, you know, defense? usually what's that? They've they've held they've, they've so this, but they shot sixty percent from the floor. They won the game, yeah. um, but obviously, giving up one hundred and eighteen points, the defense clearly struggled to some degree. You know, speaking speaking of uh, Jalen Brown's glasses, did you catch Brad's comments? About no, that? no, what's that? He he, uh, he said we had some laughs in retrospect. Speaking about his shooting, we had, in retrospect about that. Retro spec about that. I said retrospect. <laughs> speaking of horse breed. Oh man, I I didn't see that. That's awesome. That's, Topher that's would love that. Terrible. He's a big fan of the dad jokes. 
So am I, man. That just made me cringe. So, <laughs> so uh yeah, so uh Utah, then we got Utah. Uh, another thirty six and six from Kyrie. Obviously the they're much better when he's in the game. Al had a big game, twenty one, six and seven. Um how about how about Marco Rubio? I mean Ricky Rubio, Marco Rubio. <laughs> yeah, right. Um but dude, he's been tr- pretty good for Utah this year. Um, I, that, yeah, that's I, and that's awesome. I, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting that, and uh, I think they've been a little better than I thought they were going to be. Well, Jonas Jerebko definitely had his revenge game for that too. So that's that's right. The the Jonas is seventeen points. Did he even score seventeen points ever when he was with us? I think he had a twenty point game once, didn't he? Yeah, I think also the Cleveland game he had double digits, like thirteen or fifteen or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I know he scored double digits a handful of times, but seventeen, that's that's gotta be one of the top scoring games he would have had with the Celtics. Right, for sure. Really, yeah. He, he's really motivated. Yeah, so hey, good for him, man. I, you know, as long as we got the win, right? Get you get yours and uh, you know, we'll we'll take that. But uh we held that we the defense back on track. We held him under a hundred, uh one oh seven, ninety five. And oh we lost, and then we lost. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I thought, no, I mixed up the two games. I was looking at the, the, the Memphis. So we, we won the game against Memphis, obviously. We lost to Utah, yeah, yeah. 107.95. Yeah, so the thing about that, too, is Favors and Gobert were both out in the opening minutes of the game, too. Mm-hmm. So, and just to top it off, that was the game that, that Tice got bashed in the face, getting his nose broken. Jalen Brown right. got, got his elbow sliced open, smashing favors in the face. Like it was more, it was closer to a boxing match. It was like, it was brutal. Yeah. And, um, and Rodney Hood, Donovan Mitchell, both had 17, uh, three point shooting specialists and Gordon Hayward's best friend, Joe Ingles with 12 and eight. And then our, our man Jonas with 17. You know what? Jonas played really good on defense too. He had some stats. I remember um, some some seeing some highlights after that game, and something I saw after the game too. Jonas has been playing like ridiculous interior defense this year. He's like top five in the league in field goals against from inside like five feet. Really? Yeah, not no joke. He's up there with all like the big dogs. He's he's not playing much more than he played with us either. I mean, so he averaged like seventeen minutes a game last year with us, and he's he's only averaging like two more minutes a game and he's averaging almost twice as many points. He's averaging like close to seven where he was averaging three and a half last year. So, uh, I yeah, I haven't seen too much of him apart from playing Boston. So I'm really curious to, to know if it's yeah no system or, or if he just like took a step somehow. Like I don't, I haven't seen that many, um, Utah games, but, um, that those are just the stats I found when I was looking into it after the game, after I wanted to see how good he was doing. I was like, wow, Pretty impressive. So that Memphis game, we won, 102-93. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a grind. You know, the the, the kids were, were really playing kind of lackadaisically. After the game, Jason Tatum, you know, he, he, he commented about how at this point of the year, he's usually wrapping up a season, like not in terms of like calendar-wise, but in terms of number of games. He's usually wrapping up a season, like 30-something something games. You know, these, these kids aren't really used to it. That said, he had a really, really good game, Tatum. 19 points, 9 rebounds. You know, Horford was flirting with a triple-double, 15, 7, and 6. Baines had another good game, 13, and 6. 
So Gasol was a monster. Um, he had 30 and 10, and he had that huge third quarter. Um, we were winning big all to start. They started chipping away in the second quarter. They, they outscored us. They, they came back into it. And then the third quarter, Gasol, Gasol scored like 23 points himself or something ridiculous like that in the third quarter alone. And then the Celtics came out in the fourth quarter, ran off. Yeah, because Gasol had to come out, right? He played the whole third quarter. They had to give him a blow to start the, uh, the fourth quarter, and we ran off a 16-0 run to put the game away. <laughs> I remember that because I did the recap, and that was a, that was a fun game. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they managed. They were down like 20 after one, and then they came back, um, managed to take the lead. They were up two or three heading into the fourth, and then the 16 points, and that was, that was all she wrote. Um, yeah, that was uh, – that was uh, that was a fun game to watch. Well, it was a little infuriating in the middle, but it was fun. At least the fourth quarter was fun. Um, and that brings us to last night's game. I did not get to see this game, and of course I missed the game where Terry Rozier steals the ball and dunks to win the game. I mean, when was the last time you think a dunk won a game? Oh, man, I can't even remember. Like when a team was losing and like... <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. So, full disclosure, I did not see this game either, and I have a good reason for it. I'm also a college professor, and this week is hell week for college professors in most schools <laughs> because grades are due. So, right. you know, like most of these games this week I've been watching while I'm grading, but there's this other thing that's going on in my life. You may have heard of it. It's called Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Kind of a... You know, obscure cult movie. I don't know if you guys out there have heard it, you know. But to me... So you went to go see Star Wars on a game night, Justin? I did, but this is why I couldn't see it until I finished my grades. And I finished my grading on Sunday. So Monday, I decided I was going to, you know, treat myself and see Star Wars before a jablon ends up screwing me with spoilers. Because that, sure. that always happens. I made it that far mm-hmm. without seeing them, mostly because I was grading so goddamn much I couldn't be on social media. So, you know, Star Wars, you got to go early and get your tickets or you're not going to be – you can't just show up and expect to get in. It's not going to happen. I take my phone with me, watching the box score, waiting in line, watching the box score, watching the box score. Game's going great. Got a double-digit lead. All of a sudden, it's a single-digit lead. And Topher's asking what the hell's going on in the group chat and – I'm sitting here looking at my phone, getting nervous, have to go into the theater because the movie's starting and we're only up a couple. Then suddenly we're down, it's like 30 seconds and we're in a five-point hole and I'm just like, all right, movie's starting, screw it, it's over. At least I got Star Wars. Uh, well, can you imagine if you were watching the, the box score and saw like that transpire? You probably wouldn't have believed it either. Right. I, I probably got kicked out of the movie theater to be honest if I could actually have seen what was happening. I watched it I watched it later. It it was a hell of a sequence. For those of us who still haven't seen it and you should see it, we've got a, we've got the highlights up that you can check it out on Celticslife.com. Rosier basically intercepted a pass after a bunch of, you know, scramble hustle plays from Smart and from Kyrie before that. Um, Terry Rozier was was covering uh, Boyan Boyanovich, I guess is how you say his name. Well, he was he wasn't even near him though at the time, right? They didn't they switch? Yeah, he switched exactly. off exactly. And and Boyan instead of instead of trying to shoot it himself, which he probably could have, he he tried to get it to Oladipo, and in the arc of the pass, Rozier in his seven foot freaking reach 
just somehow popped it loose. And like, you could see him like just instinctively start sprinting in the direction the ball was going. And like, you saw his head look toward the side and I didn't know what was going on at the time. Like why he was looking at the audience, but he was looking at the audience. He was looking at the, 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 um, the shot clock to see if he had enough time, whether or not he had to shoot it or dunk it. And he had just enough time to dunk it. And it was like, 1.1 seconds left after he dunked it yeah and, and i mean he basically threw him like an alley-oop at center court like it was the i'm talking to bogon to uh um el oladipo and like it was like just i mean he just lobbed it up there and we if you go to celticslife.com we have an article where they break down both the announcers um you know, the, the, uh, awesome. And so to, to listen to the, the Indiana announcers, I think it's Gerald Henderson or somebody. It's a former player. And he's, he goes, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> when the ball's in the air still. <laughs> oh, it's it's tremendous. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. But I imagine most of you probably have because you're all six Celtics fans like us. But unbelievable. Too funny. So we've got the week coming up. Versus Miami, we are playing them uh, at home, and they are banged. Oh up. man, they are competing with the Clippers for the most banged up squad in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so this this should be a win. Um, some of these guys might play too. Most of them are already ruled out, right? Whiteside's out. Um, so I mean. This should be a win. Yeah, Dragic is dealing with some elbow issues. Waiters and Hammonds are sick, so they seem like they might be more likely. Yeah, yeah, questionable. Yeah. And right. uh, Winslow is still having this. Winslow is yeah. doubtful. And Johnson yeah. is nursing, I think, a sprained ankle. I expect a win here. I mean, they've only won, I think, what, five of the last ten? And, mm-hmm. you know, somehow they are still in the playoff picture despite all this, so I wouldn't take it too lightly. But, yeah, I agree. It should be a win. Mm-hmm. What else we got? And then we got the Knicks um, at this is at New York, um, but another injury uh, benefit well could be a benefit to us is uh, Kristaps Porzingis is going to be questionable with a knee, um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is definitely out. So um, obviously, if those two guys are both out, then there's another should be another easy win. But uh, um, if Kristaps does play, I'll be interested to see. Um, if we can replicate what we did the last time we played them, where uh, he was he was awful in that game, yeah, Horford, um, so that, and that was, yeah. So I, I'll be interested to see if you know if he can keep if we can keep him grounded again. Um, and then we have um, Chicago again, and Markkinen also might be out, right? Uh, I, I I expect them to come out guns blazing for this game just because they beat us last week, right? I mean. Whether they're healthy or not, I, I, I assume that the Celtics will be ready to play that. I hope so, man, because we lose to the Bulls twice without Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't I don't see it happen. Um, anything else you got? Uh, no, I mean, we got a lot of stuff coming out on the site, so you should definitely be checking. The, we got a bunch of new authors working for us, and you definitely want to check out their stuff. Of course, you want to check out the links at typeofcelticslife.com. You can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe. You don't ever want to miss an episode. Trust me on this one. And if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. Tell your friends. Tell them they should also rate us five stars. If you don't like something, let us know. 
we will, you know, we read the comment section of every article. If you direct about the pod, it's more helpful if it's about the podcast article you comment on. Uh, same with tweets, or you can also use the hashtag CLPOD, CLPod, and we'll hear about it. We'll read it, and if we can, we will incorporate your suggestions as long as they don't suck. So I'm gonna get us out of here. Mark, you got anything else you want to say before we are out? I'm good. Thanks, guys. Take care, y'all. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.